Hi there. You should be in front of 4901 Third Street on the corner of Third and Palou in San Francisco's Bayview neighborhood, right in front of a check cashing store. Turn so you're facing the wide four lane street. That's Third. Do you see the elevated median running down the middle of Third Street? That's the Third and Palou Muni stop, and one of the reasons this corner is the heart of this community. Before 2002, you probably would have been reluctant to stand here at all. I certainly was. There was no Muni. That seemed like the area was overrun with drugs, crime, graffiti. It was a part of San Francisco that author James Baldwin said the rest of America likes to pretend doesn't exist. But it's my neighborhood, so welcome to Bayview. My name is Shane King. I live just around the corner. When I moved here in July of 2002, this part of town had already been neglected by city services for decades. Honestly, this wasn't my first choice for a neighborhood. But after being evicted a few times, I wanted some security, and it was affordable here. Plus, the house had a sweet backyard. And as a documentary filmmaker, I like living in a neighborhood where there's a lot of action. I'd always felt a little freaked out by the bad reputation of this neighborhood and soon realized many people who lived on the street felt the same. Sometimes it felt like going down to the corner store was taking your life into your hands. So what happened in the last 15 years to make this neighborhood so much safer? That's the detour I want to take you on. You'll see the community garden I helped get started, as well as the other places where small changes gave people pride in their community. You'll also meet a huge bunch of my friends and neighbors who literally got their hands dirty transforming trash dumps into garden oases. Because it really takes a village to make change. And hopefully by the time we're done, you'll understand how when people have a sense of community, they can dramatically affect the health and welfare of everyone around them. Okay, let's get started. With 3rd Street on your left, turn right and face uphill on Palou Street. Start walking uphill between the bus stop and the wall of the check cashing store with the mural. Walk all the way to the end of this sandy colored building with the painted garage doors. This mural was commissioned in 2010 by Philippe Riley. He owns the check cashing store we were just in front of. It was painted by an artist named Brianna Fleming. Stop when you get to the panel with all the cows. Okay, you should be looking at a mostly black and white painting of a cattle drive. I want you to step back a little bit towards the street so you can take in the mural. Before this mural, to be honest, this wall was really ugly. There was an old mural that had been painted by kids. It had faded out. Other people had come by and tagged it. It just looked terrible. Philippe got so tired of washing off gang tags that he asked Brianna to paint over them. So they decided on a scenic time lapse of Bayview's history with iconic images on each panel. Now take a look at the panel in front of you with the herd of cattle. I'm going to quickly walk you through the mural and give you a little Bayview history. This first panel with the cattle depicts Bayview's early days in the 1800s, back when it was an agricultural hub of San Francisco. It was filled with livestock and slaughterhouses. They actually called it Butcher Town. Now look to your right at the second panel. The crane represents the next phase in Bayview's history, when shipbuilding became the main industry. Now take a few steps to your right until you're in front of the third panel with the welder, which symbolizes all the workers that moved into the Bayview in the mid-1900s to work in the shipyards. These guys were the driving force behind Bayview's industrialization. During that period, Bayview was a happening place, 
which you can see in the next colorful panel with the saxophone and references to the famous music joint Sam Jordan's. Sam Jordan's is the oldest African-American bar in San Francisco, and it actually still exists down on 3rd Street. And if you have a chance, you should definitely stop by and get some barbecue. The last three panels represent modern Bayview's attempts to clean up the pollution and crime that started taking over this neighborhood in 1974 when the shipyards closed and lots of people lost their jobs. Those protesters you see in panel five are fighting for environmental justice. And the last two panels on your right have to do with the Casada Gardens Initiative and the grassroots gardening movement that I'm involved with. I'll tell you more about that later. Okay, go ahead and take a few more steps downhill, close to the bus stop, so you're right across from the last garage door panel. To your right, you can see another giant wall mural that Brianna also painted, featuring a woman holding fresh vegetables and flowers. She's kind of a Mama Bayview figure that's warm and welcoming. Once these murals went up, amazingly, the tagging stopped. And here's Brianna to explain why. People who have lived here for decades and decades and decades have so much pride in the area. And to see themselves in the mural and to see the history, like, I played a part in that, or I was a welder, I think brings people joy. Thanks, Brianna. Now look straight ahead at the last garage door panel. There's a detail that's extra special to me. Brianna didn't know this when she painted it, but you see that red house in the picture with the three white stripes? That's actually my house. It's over on Casada Avenue, which is where we're headed next. Let's go. Facing the mural, turn right, start walking back down to the corner. When you reach the corner, turn left and start walking up third. Keep the buildings on your left and the street on your right. I think the other thing Brianna's murals do is encourage people to slow down and actually look at the neighborhood which is something that never used to happen. The street you're on, 3rd Street, has always been the busy main drag. When it was built, it was known as Railroad Avenue because there was a railroad that connected Bayview with San Francisco Civic Center. But by the time I got here, the railroad was long gone. It was still the main thoroughfare, but it was cars and trucks racing up and down the street. It was deafening. Unless you lived here, there was really no reason to stop here. Even once I moved here, I've spent as little time on 3rd Street as possible. It just felt too dangerous. Now you should be approaching the intersection of 3rd and Casada. We'll be taking a right and crossing 3rd Street, the big main street, and headed towards the African outlet. Cross all four lanes when it's safe, and I'll meet you on the other side. You should be across the street. Continue walking straight. You want to head for that yellow not-a-through-street sign, and stop when you get there. Okay, are you by the sign? Great. Keep your back to the light pink building and face the median full of greenery. Welcome to my street. This is Casada Avenue. See the palm trees running up the length of the median? These trees are one of the things that I have always really loved about this street. It's a row of 13 Canary Island date palms, which are on San Francisco's list of important trees. Judging from the size of the trees and historic photos I've seen on the street, it's likely the palms were planted somewhere between 1910 and 1920. But exactly when and by whom is still a mystery. But while the trees have always been pretty, the median below them was not. When I came in 2002, the street had already been neglected for 30 years. The median was filled with weeds, trash, mattresses, car parts, washing machines, motor oil, you name it. And it was a favorite spot for drug deals. So everyone just ignored it by keeping their blinds closed. Okay, 
Keeping the palm trees on your left, start walking up Casada. Something happened a few months after I moved in that ended up having tremendous consequences for the block. And it started just up the street here in front of my neighbor, Annette Smith's house. Annette is one of those people who's hard not to love. She was raised in Alabama, a farmer's daughter, she likes to say, and she has a wonderful habit of hugging everyone she meets. I heard it was because when she was younger, she almost died in a house fire, but then God gave her a second chance at life, so she has no fear. She squeezes you tight with a God bless you, and then says, I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> okay. Coming up on your right is a pale green duplex with gray trim. 1740 Casada. Stop when you get there. Okay, you should be in front of a pale green duplex with large stairs leading up to the second floor. From 1996 until 2010, this was Annette's house until she moved into her sister's house a few blocks away. We really miss her. All right, I'm about to introduce you to about half of this neighborhood, so pay attention. Turn to look across the street, just to your right. See the white house with the blue trim? In 2002, that's where Annette's brother, Woody, lived. Now look down at the patch of land in the median between his house and where you're standing. That's the spot where Woody decided to dig up some worms to go fishing. I'll let Annette tell the story. One day, my brother went out there and started digging the grass up. And to me, it looked so bad, I felt ashamed. So I said, okay, I know what I'll do. I'll plant some flowers out there. I didn't even think for a minute that anyone would pay the garden any attention. But someone did pay attention. There is a house across the street that's blocked by trees now, but I'll point it out in a minute. That's where our neighbor, Carl Page, lived. He was retired, and from his window, he watched Annette working in the dirt. But he didn't like the fact that she was out there alone, surrounded by trash and addicts. So one day, he came down to help her. And every day after that, he kept coming back. And the two of them would dig a little more each day. Here's Annette again to explain why she kept digging. The dirt, I guess, gave me energy. God made the dirt. He made me and we connected. So it was a wonderful thing to go out there and dig in the garden. I loved it. Thanks, Annette. From the second I saw the two of them out there digging, planting, I knew they were onto something big. So I would see Annette come out of the house behind you, this little frail old lady carrying a five-gallon bucket, wearing orthopedic shoes, walking on the steep banks of this garden with a little orange juice container that she would use to scoop water out of the bucket and water each plant individually. Carl helped carry water and pick up trash and do some of the planting. But after a few months, I decided I should be doing more helping and less watching. So towards the end of 2002, I started gardening in front of my house and helping Carl and Annette. As we were out there working, we noticed changes happening on the street. The drug dealers seemed to be spending less time on the street. There was less prostitution going on. And other neighbors started coming out of their houses. You know, driving by, they would slow down and wave. Other neighbors started noticing, too. Okay, take a few steps to your left, down to the driveway of Annette's house. See the Casada Garden sign in the median? 
Now look past that sign, across the median, at the greenhouse with the brown trim. That's our neighbor Jeffrey's house. And here he is. It was almost miraculous. People started to respect the land more. I think people were literally littering less. Carl reported once that the amount of trash he was collecting every day went down by two-thirds. And that's when I and other neighbors really started to engage. Thank you, Jeffrey. Okay, I know you just met a bunch of people, so here's a quick recap. Annette started doing the planting. Carl came out to help and pick up trash. I began gardening. And then other neighbors, including Jeffrey, came out to join us. And gradually, this little garden hobby turned into a full-blown movement. But we'll get to that in a moment. Okay, let's continue. Facing the median, turn right to continue walking up Quesada. So a few months later, when spring hit, the first bloom brought everyone outside. Annette started planting things she'd grown up with in the South, like peanuts, so kids could see how they grew. Neighbors started donating plants from their backyards, helping pick up trash, watering or weeding in front of their houses, or just stopping to give words of encouragement. The garden became something for everyone. Coming up on your right will be a yellow house with white trim and a low gray cement wall. Stop when you get there. You should be in front of a yellow house with the picture window at the bottom. Look for the tree and two small mailboxes. You'll see 1764 and 1762 written on them. Position yourself with your back to the break in the low gray cement wall. All right, now look to your right, to the end of the median. See the two palm trees? Just to the left of those is a staircase with a green metal railing. By 2003, about a year after Annette started gardening, from that stairway all the way down the median to your left, down to 3rd Street, was all garden. As you can see, there were flowers, vegetables, cactus, herbs, succulents. In just one year, it had gone from weeds and garbage to this amazing, thriving garden. In just a moment, you're going to get to see some of the plants up close. But first, look through the hole in the palms, across the median, a hair to your left. Do you see the blue-gray Victorian house with the white trim and the staircase going up to the front porch? That's Carl's house that I said I'd point out when we got to it. Now, do you see the bright pink house next to Carl's on the right? That's where I live. That's the house you saw in Brianna's mural at the beginning of this detour. Everyone calls it the watermelon house because the color is so similar to a watermelon. Okay, let's go see some garden. Continue walking up Casada. On your left, you should see a staircase with a green railing that cuts through the middle of the garden. That's where we're going. Be sure to look both ways before you cross this street. You'd be amazed how fast people drive through here. Then climb to the top of the stairs and stop. I'll meet you there. Okay, you should be at the top of the staircase. Now stand so you're facing my watermelon house. Now, turn to your left so you're facing a giant palm tree with ivy. So from that tree to the stairs you're standing on, that was the part of the garden that I started. Look closely. You can see lilies, jade plants, a citrus tree, you name it. But all these plants meant more and more water and costs were becoming prohibitive, especially for Annette, who was providing the majority of the water. We knew we were guerrilla gardening because this median technically belonged to the city. 
So as the garden grew, we realized the DWP, the Department of Water and Power, could show up any day and shut the whole thing down. Now turn back to face my watermelon house again. It was there in 2003 that I put together a backyard barbecue block party to get the entire neighborhood together. We wanted to solve the problem of Annette's water bill, but we also weren't sure if we wanted to approach the city because we were afraid they would shut us down. That's when Jeffrey came up with the bigger idea to get the media involved. Here's Jeffrey again. I remember that at that barbecue, it became clear to me that we needed to bring media in, that they were going to be our best friends because something good was going on in Bayview, and that was a news story. And if the city saw us as liability, they would be less likely to push back and get us to stop. The plan eventually worked. Look down and slightly to your left at the edge of the garden near the street. You should see a small pipe sticking up out of the ground with a yellow cover. That's part of the watering system the city eventually ended up installing because they were so impressed with the positive changes in the neighborhood. Okay, let's turn around, head back down the stairs, back across the street to the sidewalk. We'll be turning left to continue walking up Casada. Remember to look for cars and cross when it's safe. I'll meet you on the other side. It was a huge relief for Annette to have that water system put in. She no longer had to carry around the five-gallon bucket. And it really showed that the city supported our efforts. As you reach the top of the hill, you cannot miss the huge mural. Stop when you get in front of it. As you can see, the street dead ends here, but you still need to be mindful of cars. Orient yourself so that you're safe, but so you can see the entire semicircular mural, including the portrait piece that butts up to the side of the stairwell. This huge mural was created in 2007 by muralist Deirdre DiFranco. When we'd started working in the median, this was just an ugly gray wall. Take a look at your phone to see a picture of what it looked like before. Then at some point around 2007, it became clear that not everybody on the block wanted a garden, but still wanted to be involved in beautifying the area. So some neighbors came up with the idea of a mural. We held a competition and the whole neighborhood got to vote. Deirdre was chosen because of her skill at drawing people and her use of really bold, bright colors. Here she is to tell you more about it. It's about community. So I tried to do portraits of tons of the neighbors, but what was funny was the longer I worked on it, the more people heard about it and wanted to be in the thing. Well, I'd already done the whole composition, so I started getting creative and having little heads pop up from behind shrubberies. Then, in the very end, I was so desperate, I had these floating cabbages and I started putting people's faces in the floating cabbages. And that's why it took me eight months. I didn't want to leave anyone out. Hey, it's Shane again. And technically, I think I'm about the only person whose face didn't end up on the wall. But look up on the third panel from the left, behind the hanging pink flowers and cartwheeling children. There's my watermelon house again. So I forgive you, Deirdre. But now look at the next panel on the right, with the palm tree and the giant sunflower. Standing next to the palm tree is Annette, wearing her pink visor and her big black orthopedic shoes. In the center of the panel is a guy with a white t-shirt and blue sweatpants. That's Jeffrey. Now look over to the next panel on the right, 
There are those floating cabbage heads Deidre mentioned. On the left of this panel, there's also a large figure with a headdress. That was our DWP representative who actually came out and did an Aztec blessing of the garden the day we opened the water line. On the far right side of the same panel, there's Annette again and in a blue jacket working in the dirt. If you look at the last panel, all the way to the right, the one with the sunflowers, that's Carl. This panel with Carl actually went through several changes. Here's Deirdre to tell you why. So I do a, a full life-size thing at Carl, but had given him a background of like disco squares. It was like black and purple and Carl had a fit. So I paint that out and I put Carl in a field of sunflowers, even though that wasn't in the garden, but he loved the sunflowers. The night I finished the sunflowers, Carl and his son came out. I took their portrait standing in front of it. He loved it and he died that night. He he went to sleep and he never woke up and it was almost like he could leave once he knew we didn't put him in a damn disco room. Uh, so then I turned it into a little dedication for Carl, you know, and we had a ceremony for him. Thanks, Deirdre. We were all shocked by Carl's death. It was a big blow to me personally and the entire community. So we really love having him memorialized here. The timing really couldn't have been better. Now turn around and look back at the entire garden, from here all the way to 3rd Street. The garden is also a legacy of incredible beauty and a testament to the fact that what Carl helped start has far outgrown any one person. Okay, just about time to climb the 80 stairs to your right. Walk until you're standing at the base of the steps and stop there. All right, there are about 960 individual tiles in all. Each one was hand-painted by a Bayview-Hunters Point Elementary School kid as part of the Children's Mural Program founded by Heidi Harden. Even though the staircase was just recently completed and dedicated in 2015, it was actually conceived and painted at the same time as the mural. The idea is that the beauty of the garden continues upward, and you can climb with it the kids were asked to draw how they saw their neighborhood. I'm a big fan of that watermelon tile on the fourth stair up. But you can see from all of the colorful tiles how our perception of the neighborhood is a far cry from the neglected, drug-addled island we've been considered in the past. Are you ready to climb the staircase? Then upward, head all the way up to the top. Mind the steps. But along the way, see if you can spot the seascape on the second tier, because we'll be seeing a lot more water when we get to the top. I'll meet you at the top. Okay, you should be at the top of the stairs. Turn to your right. Say hello to Bayview. Now you know why we call it Bayview. Okay, look over the top of the church and towards the bay. Do you see the Gray Bridge? That's the section of the Bay Bridge that connects San Francisco to Treasure Island. Then the bridge continues from Treasure Island over to Oakland. The street you're standing on is Newhall. 
Now look down Newhall all the way down the steep hill until it looks like it dead ends into a cluster of trees and industrial buildings off in the distance. That's the former grain terminal built by the State Harbor Commission in 1918. It was a storehouse for grains being loaded and exported onto ships. It's abandoned now, but do you see the giant mural that's painted on the tallest building with the colorful geometric shapes? It's pretty hard to miss. That mural is huge, almost 200 feet tall, 72 feet wide. It was designed by Seattle artists and then painted by R.B. Morris III. It was finished in 2014, and I believe it's had a hugely transformative effect on one of Bayview's most blighted areas. Even though it wasn't a direct result of our garden initiative, I believe it's part of the garden's ripple effect that's been happening all over Bayview. The mural is appropriately titled Bayview Rising. If you look at it at night, they have different colored lights that shine on it. And depending on what color light shines on the mural, you see different images. Not only is it cool, but I love the symbolic idea that things change depending on what kind of light you shine on them. Whether it's that mural, a plant, or an entire neighborhood, shining a positive light on this community is not only transforming the gardens, it's also changing the gardeners. Okay. Go ahead and turn back towards the garden and look over the rooftops. Do you see what I see? Another fantastic bay view. These views and the garden now make me feel like I totally lucked out moving here. It's such a different experience than when I arrived in 2002. And to think that I've played a small part in that really makes me feel good. Okay, facing the garden, look to the right and down to the ground to see the blue section of sidewalk. Walk towards that. Stop and position yourself so you can read the plaque in the middle. This plaque is in memorial of Carl Page and in honor of Annette Smith, the visionaries who really started the garden. You can also read the name Gavin Newsom toward the bottom, who was San Francisco's mayor at the time and who came out and publicly honored the garden because it was having such a positive effect on this community. Do you see those painted footprints on the blue sidewalk sections? That's the other cool thing that's grown out of the garden and the Casada Gardens Initiative. It's a blog I write for called Footprints that celebrates all the good things happening in Bayview Hunters Point. It's part of that shining positive light on the community. And it's called Footprints because it's part of that step-by-step process we started that day at my backyard barbecue to build a new kind of community. What we didn't anticipate back then, however, was how many other people would start following those footsteps. But the garden produced an incredible ripple effect in lots of surprising ways. And I want to show you one of those ways now. While facing the plaque, turn right and start walking up Newhall. There's no crosswalk here, but keep walking straight and cross the street when it's safe. Continue walking up Newhall, keeping the street on your right. As you're walking, look to your right across the street at the light blue condo complex with dark blue trim. That's where my friends Joel and Mary live. Okay, now look to the fenced area to the left of their complex, above the yellow and orange wall. That was another piece of public space being used as a dump site. And in just a minute, I'll let Joel and Mary tell you how they took the concept of what we did on our street and kicked it up a notch in terms of community empowerment. But first, you should be approaching the intersection of Newhall and Revere Street. To your right, across the street, you should see a wooden arbor. 
that's where we're headed. Turn right at the corner, cross Newhall when it's safe, and I'll meet you in front of that wooden arbor. You should be facing the wooden arbor with a sign that reads Bridgeview Garden. Look straight ahead at the four by four foot window that has a bird's eye view of the garden before you. That's Joel and Mary's living room, and here they are to tell you their story. We moved to the neighborhood in 2001. We um, would look out our dining room window onto this abandoned city lot that was just a junk pile and decided somebody needs to do something about this. So uh, my wife and I decided to actually get out into the garden and bring it up to the standard that the Casada Gardens was. Bridgeview Garden is different. Instead of flowers and plants and beautification, we decide to actually develop edible foods. Okay, let's take a look at some of those food plants that Joel was talking about, shall we? Go ahead and take a few steps down the hill so that you can get a better view of the garden through the chain link fence. Stop at the first tree planted in the sidewalk. Okay, you should be down the hill just a little bit and standing next to that first tree. Orient yourself so you have a view of the entire garden. And here's Mary again to tell you what you're looking at. From where you're standing, look to the left. You'll see herbs, mixed greens, and tomatoes are planted in this area, depending on the time of year. And then look to the right. You'll see that we have citrus trees and fruit trees. Uh, Below that are usually some fresh leafy greens. Thanks, Joel and Mary. If you happen to see people working in the garden and you want to get your hands dirty too, feel free to hit pause and ask to join in. Just let them know you're with Detour and that I sent you. Then hit play and meet me back here when you're ready to go. Are you back with me? Great. Continue walking downhill, keeping the mural on your left. As you walk along the mural, Notice the bright orange and yellow colors with text in different languages. And pay attention to the white birds. You're going to hear more about them in a moment. This mural was painted by Malik Seneferu. He's a self-taught artist whose colorful work can be seen all over the Bayview. Keep walking until the mural meets a gray wall. Then stop there. You should be at the edge of the large concrete wall, face the orange and yellow mural, and look at its bottom right corner to see the words, Bayview Is. That's the title of this mural, and it's all about locals filling in their own ideas about what the community is to them. Look down at your phone to see the types of photos that people have taken with Malik's mural. I'll let Malik tell you a little more about his work. So the mural is really based upon a bird And that bird is how the people of Bayview defy gravity, especially the gravity of desolation in a sense. You know, this idea of transforming an environment can help for ideas, can help for a new sense of confidence, can help for a a new day. It's like a welcome mat. Thanks, Malik. You'll get to see another piece of his work in just a little bit. Okay, ready to continue? Great. Turn and start walking downhill, keeping the street on your right. Take your paper and pencil with you. The paper you wrote on is actually compostable and filled with wildflower seeds. So if you plant it in your own garden and water it, real flowers will blossom. 
And hopefully, along with it, so will your own vision about community. Under the umbrella of the Casada Gardens Initiative and the Bridgeview Garden Projects, we have helped start 14 individual gardens and nine community gardens. And there are probably a hundred other personal offshoots that I don't even know about. Some may even be in the yards of the houses you're passing. That's a huge impact on health and food security, which is defined as having reliable access to enough healthy food. In the early 2000s, if you didn't have a car, a decent apple could mean an hour bus ride from the Bayview. Now you can pick one at your neighbor's house. Continue walking downhill. This is where it really starts to get steep. Up ahead, you should see the giant white steeple that belongs to Our Lady of Lourdes Parish. It's the same chapel you saw back at the start of the tour in Brianna's mural. It was built in 1886, back when Bayview was still Butcher Town and a major food processing hub in San Francisco. Even with the uptick in gardens, it's hard to imagine this area ever fully returning to its agricultural roots. But every year, the interest in gardening and fresh food seems to grow. Even some of the corner stores have started selling fresh fruit in addition to the typical liquor, soda, and cigarettes. You're coming up on the intersection of Palou and Newhall. Keep walking straight and cross the street when it's safe. I'll meet you on the other side, where the church is. All right, you should be on the other side of the street. Continue walking straight downhill, keeping the street on your right. Bayview as a neighborhood has definitely had its share of ups and downs. But if we look at all of these recent seemingly random beautification and gardening efforts as small pieces in a greater puzzle, when they are all put together, they begin to create a whole new and vibrant picture of the neighborhood. It's a community that everyone is taking pride in again. That's a pretty incredible transformation from where this neighborhood was when I first moved here in 2002. But after all this talk about food and gardens, are you ready to see a place just around the corner where you can actually eat some of the fresh food grown right here at the Bayview? Because that's where I'm taking you next. Okay, you should be approaching the end of the block. At the intersection, turn right and cross Newhall when it's safe. Okay, you should be across the street. Continue walking straight, keeping the street on your left. As the community's vision of itself is changing, so is its draw to outside people and businesses. And one of the coolest places that has emerged in recent years is a local restaurant called Radio Africa Kitchen. Some of the food even comes from its own garden right here in the Bayview. Both the restaurant and the garden are just up the block and opened in 2012. The name Radio Africa Kitchen comes from the owner-chef's childhood in Ethiopia, where only one household in the neighborhood might have a radio, so everyone would gather and listen to soccer matches and music, sharing conversation and homemade food. And he's brought that same sense of community and fresh fare into his own restaurant. We're headed there right now, but on the way, there's something I want you to see. Okay, straight ahead of you, you should be able to see a brightly painted utility box near the edge of the street. Notice the blue bird on the side? This is another one of Malik's works. It was painted in 2012. To me, it's a variation on the theme happening all over the Bayview, taking something ugly and giving it new life. This particular piece of public art was partially sponsored by the Bayview Opera House, which you can see if you look diagonally beyond the utility box across the large intersection you're approaching. 
It's that big, beautiful building on the corner surrounded by a metal fence. The Bayview Opera House is the oldest opera house in San Francisco. It dates back from the 1880s. Now take a look at the sign for the opera house and the low brick wall. Look at the tiles that frame the sign. Look familiar? Yep. The same kids that did the tiles on our staircase did those tiles too. You can see what a close-knit community we are once you start to scratch the surface. Okay, the large intersection coming up is 3rd Street. At the corner, turn right and keep walking. As you come around the corner of this dark brown building, you'll pass some small palm trees and planters on your right. Stop near the entrance of 4800 3rd Street. All right, so you should see some large windows and a large 4800 over the door. Remember that great restaurant I was talking about earlier? This is it. Radio Africa Kitchen. And here's Chef Eskinder. Welcome to Radio Africa. The reason I came to the Bayview is I think I have a power to change the neighborhood by uh, providing a good, well-priced, sustainably grown, organic restaurant. And it's working. Thanks, Eskinder. Now, remember I said some of the vegetables and herbs he uses are grown right here on the street? Turn so your back is to the restaurant and look across 3rd Street. Do you see the Muni Station in the middle again? Cross the street, and beyond the Muni Station, you should see bits of light blue and yellow mural. Inside that open space is Eskinder's Garden. Who'd have thought, in the middle of urban Bayview, you'd be able to have any kind of farm-to-fork experience? That's why I believe these seemingly small gardening and art projects are so important to how people perceive our community. Because they transform not only how we think about and use the space around us, but they make our community safer and healthier. And those are effects you can really feel just walking down the street. All right, this detour is almost over, but there is one more important stop. Now, if you're hungry, I suggest coming here later. Meanwhile, let's carry on. Facing the street, turn right and continue walking along 3rd Street. Radio Africa Kitchen should be on your right. You've heard from a lot of people who have made many changes here in the Bayview. Now it's your turn to make a difference. You're going to get a chance to help out my friend Eddie Adias. He grew up right here in the neighborhood, and now he runs his father's store just up the street. But first, do you recognize this corner? To your left across the street is the Mama Bayview mural we saw earlier. But this time you're coming at it from a different angle, and hopefully from a whole new perspective. Coming up is Palou Avenue. Keep walking straight across Palou when it's safe, of course. Head toward that two-story building that's covered in a large mural. That mural was an early beautification effort painted by Brooke Fancher back in 1987. Okay, now you should be across the street. Continue walking straight keeping the street on your left. Here's my friend Eddie to tell you a little more about his shop. Name of this shop is Big Save Market. My father's owned a business for 40 years. It was a meat shop when my father first purchased it, and then he turned it into a grocery. It's hard for the community sometimes because we're so seen upon as like the other side of San Francisco. Now, since people start seeing like Seder Gardens, Bridgeview, and people are starting to get into it. They want to beautify the neighborhood. People are starting to come in with businesses and some stuff that I would never even think would be on 3rd Street. 
you know, 10, 15 years ago. As far as the Bayview, I see hope, and I believe there's going to be a lot of changes for the good. Thanks, Eddie. I think hope is what a lot of us feel. You're coming up to the intersection of Casada and 3rd. Look diagonally across the street. That corner is Eddie's shop, Big Save Market. That's where we're headed. So wait for the light, and I'll meet you there. You should be nearing the front of Big Save Market, 5001 3rd Street. Stop just outside the entrance. Okay, remember I told you you're going to get a chance to beautify something? This is it. You're going to pause me and go inside of Big Save. Ask for Eddie or whoever is working there and let them know you're with Detour. He's going to give you a packet of seeds and he's going to let you borrow a trowel. Now make sure you give that back to him when you're done. And if you don't mind, you can buy a cheap bottle of water. When you have your seeds, trowel, and water, meet me back out here and press play. Okay, pause me now. Okay, you back with me? Great. With your back to Big Save, turn right and head around the corner. Keep Big Save on your right. Stop when you see some barrels being used as planters. I don't know what state the plants are in today, but often at least a few of them are dying for a little love. So this is where I'm going to leave you, where you can get your own hands dirty, sowing some seeds of beauty. I really appreciate the time we've gotten to spend together. And hopefully now you see what I've come to learn. That a few people taking small steps can make a huge difference in a community in need. Have fun playing in the dirt, as we all have for the last several years. And who knows, we may even get to meet if you come to one of our volunteer days. You're always welcome. But if not, take care. And in the words of Annette, God bless and I love ya, I love ya, I love ya. <laughs>